Hey, this is Dirk Revueren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back once more, my friends, to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In today's episode, Keithy sits down with Winery Dogs bassist and mastermind of Mr. Big and, I don't know, a thousand other bands, the great Billy Sheehan. The music legend, Billy Sheehan of the Winery Dogs. How are you doing today, Billy? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. Great. Great to hear it. You guys are on tour right now. We just caught the tour, which is very exciting. We'll be running that review within days. We're here to talk about the new Winery Dogs album. Lots of changes, not in the band, of course, but, you know, as the music industry evolves, you have to evolve with it, as you know, for your very long career. So I wanted to start off by talking about what was the impetus for forming the band's own label. Well, it's not so big of a deal now because you don't, uh, there's a lot is kind of automatic these days. You post your uh, material on the streaming platforms. That's relatively easy. There's services that'll do that for you. You just don't really need a label anymore. Uh, Labels used to be uh, the band's connection to get their records on radio, uh, into music stores, and promoted in magazines. Well, there's not really many magazines left. Uh, you do your own promotion online. Everybody has a Facebook page and Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't really need that from a record company. To make a record, it doesn't cost a lot of money these days because if you have a laptop, you have what would be equivalent in the uh, 80s to a studio worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. So you don't need all that money to uh, rent a studio time uh, to get money from a record label to do that. And record labels were basically just banks. They were lending you money and your collateral was your record. And they would sell the record until you made enough money that paid them off. But behind the scenes were all kinds of extra charges and what have you. So bands and artists got, uh, it was a horrible deal, basically. Uh, the amount of money the record company would make compared to what the band would make was, was way lopsided. So these days, uh, anybody can go out pretty much and do our, all those things themselves, especially if they're motivated and uh, and understand uh, a little bit about the game. And it's easy to find out. There's millions of websites and uh, advice available uh, all over the Internet on how to do this. So that's what we did. Uh, we, we really don't really need a label to, uh, to tell us uh, how to make a record. We've all made about 100 records each, I think. Right on. I was going to say the the collective wealth and depth of the three gentlemen in the band have seen a lot of major label records success, but also probably been able to learn from the failures that you've seen around you. Yeah, very much. And uh, I remember when uh, back in the day when it was uh, record companies were everything. Uh, uh, I was signed to several major labels through the years. I uh, got a, a, a wall of platinum and gold records, and that's all wonderful, and I'm very thankful for all that. But uh, these days, you just don't need it. You can, uh, you're, if you have an iPhone or a laptop, you're a couple clicks away from billions of people, and you get smart at, about it and start taking care of your fans and responding to messages and comments, which I do constantly. I spend many, many hours a day. Uh, responding to fans and friends online, uh, answering questions about the the band, the music, my bass, gear, the music biz, songwriting, all kinds of things that I can help my fellow musicians and uh, inform any fans that are interested in things of that nature. 
So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time for musicians, really. It, it can seem quite crowded uh, and difficult, but uh, you've got the same chance anyone else does. Right on. It does really remind me of the late 80s, kind of the, you know, I know not everybody loves social media because it's it's not the greatest, but not the greatest environment to foster good mental health and self-esteem. But the I would say it's kind of like weirdly, the, you know, the, the entire Internet is like NAM every day. That's a good point. Yeah, it is. It's a chaos of people, everybody that wants something. And when you start to run the numbers at the bottom, there's just literally millions of people clawing. And at the top, there's a couple, you know, in each genre that start to make some uh, noise. We're very lucky. We have a band with three people that are known to in a greater or lesser degree uh, in some areas of music and know us already. So they'll take a look or do a click to listen on something, which most people will, if they don't know who you are, what it's about, it's pretty rare that someone will randomly click on something when you run the numbers. Uh, so we're pretty lucky in that respect. And uh, on this particular record, we got very lucky in that the response to the record was uh, way beyond our expectations. We knew we would you know, sell some records and we knew we'd do some dates and there will be people there, uh, but we didn't know it would be like this. It really is uh, incredibly refreshing and we are supremely grateful for the response we've gotten to this record. Uh, right away, our YouTube video was about 100,000 views a day in a week. We had about 750,000. Uh, so that's that's really great for anybody. Uh, for a rock band, that's that's really a, a good number. And uh, we just sold out last night in Columbus the previous three nights. We're going to Cleveland tonight. I think that's sold out, too. And uh, the biggest problem we have now is uh, fans writing to us that they can't get tickets because the show's sold out. So... That's uh, in a way, it's, it's a good problem to have. Indeed, especially in this day and age when touring is so expensive and troublesome. So I'm really pleased to hear that. I, I think it was a foregone conclusion after the acclaim of Hot Streak that we were going to get another record from the guys. But I, I think, it, you know, I don't take anything for granted in this day and age. So it's really great that I mean, the record's fantastic. Obviously, we're talking about three. And I, I think it's interesting when you guys okay, hey, we're going to make another record. Do you guys do a lot of planning? Is there a lot of like pre-pro and demoing? Each guy, each guy in the band has their own home studio. You don't need a big studio anymore. You can basically do everything at somebody's house or remote. But, you know, was there a lot of pre-production and a lot of planning or do you guys just go in, jam it out and make songs? Yeah, almost no planning or no pre-production. We got together, uh, Mike and I flew out to Richie's house and he's got a home studio. And uh, we sat down and started playing. That's simple. Uh, here's a drum beat. What do you think? I got a bass line here. It's a chord change. You know, uh, we tossed around ideas like bands used to do in a room together. And uh, yeah, there's a great advantage now uh, in the digital internet age to do file sharing. And I can do my thing at home and send it over to the other guy and blah, 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 back and forth. But when you're in a room together, and I do believe that's one of the key points uh, on this record, by my observation, that we were together in a room writing as people that knew each other and worked together and worked on many things and are uh, bouncing ideas back and forth. And that created, uh, I believe, a more organic and real feel to the record, not dissimilar to how records used to be made. And uh, I think a lot of great records were made that way. People together in a room working it out. And uh, 
bouncing back and forth. So that's how we did the first two records. So we thought it's not broke, so let's not fix it. Uh, let's do it the same way. We got together and uh, just made things up. And we it went pretty quick. Uh, and that's a good sign also because uh, I've been in situations where you're laboring over a particular song or a group of songs and you're working on them and working on them and trying to fix this and trying to fix that. It's a bad sign. It means either abandon it for now or go on to a new song or something. Uh, but uh, we would come up with ideas and they would uh, blossom right away. And suddenly we had, uh, you know, two verses and a chorus, come up with a bridge part, work it out, improve uh, the intro, uh, weave it together a little bit more uh, musically. And uh, it was quite easy, uh, in fact, in that respect. Uh, I, I mean, it wasn't, uh, there, there was some labor involved. We did have to dig deep sometimes and think of an idea, uh, but we can. We, we've all been doing this for decades, so we have a, a deep bag of uh, ideas we can reach into at, at any given time. So uh, it was uh, uh, no planning, a lot of spontaneity, a lot of uh, uh, spur of the moment idea, a lot of improvisation, and uh, we have a record. Right on. Even despite that improvisation, I do hear a great sense of feel and connection in the songs. And I love that the variety on three. I really I love that there's a blues. I love that there's a ballad. I love that there's a boogie. And it's not too heady, you know, for a band with, again, this level of musicianship. I'm sure that's the thing that excited people. The very first record. Oh, my God, I can't believe these three guys are together, which, you know, is wonderful for the for the community of musicians and, and music fans. But I love how yeah, you said the word organic. I love how natural the record feels and sounds and it doesn't nothing feels out of place. It just feels very, you know, very all together, well, well composed and, and beautifully thought out and planned out. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you feel that way. And I'm glad uh, others seem to feel in a similar way. We've had uh, the comments on the record and the comments on the video. Have been, I mean, I had a, I, I spent a whole day looking for a negative comment. I couldn't find one. So, I mean, we, you'll always get a couple because it's, it's, no, no matter what, it's, it is the Internet. But uh, it was a really... Uh, well received and uh the response uh to uh, uh the songs on there and I, and again i do believe that had uh something to do with the way we approached it because we we did it honest we there's no pitch correction there's no fakery there's no trickery we don't use tracks live we never will ever it's all us all the time uh, there's a little controversy about that with some legacy bands now uh out there, but we would never do that. And uh, also, we didn't want to necessarily pander to the audience, but we want them to be happy with what we do. Uh, we're not trying to create a commercial success. I mean, uh, we, we all like music that's popular. Uh, so I like, I, I gravitate towards something I like, uh, but uh, it's difficult for me to pander to, to gravitate towards something that feels uh, somebody pandered to me to make me want to like it. You know what I mean? Of course. And, and the very first thing you have to do as an artist is please yourself. And I'm, I will say 
apropos of, of not much else at this hour for me, but I love Richie's voice on this record. This might be my favorite performance ever as a singer for Richie. And I don't know if that guy needs a hug or something. If he's in proximity to you, give him a pat on the shoulder because he's just so, his voice is so, he's getting so soulful. And so, you know, he's not that old, but he's getting very wise in his vo vocals. You know, his delivery is wonderful on this record. Yeah, he did an amazing job. Richie is a supreme talent. And I often joked when we first started this band and said, well, if this band accomplished nothing else other than letting the world know more about Richard Godson, I'll be happy because he really deserves uh, a, a spot in the sun. He's uh, He is a supreme talent, a wonderful guy, easy to work with. Lyrics are great. And his guitar playing is just killing. He dropped his pick a few years ago, literally and figuratively and uh, plays finger style now, and it's uh, just mind-blowing to watch. Uh, he's uh, got a great, his, his note choice is different than a lot of rock players. He's just definitely a jazz thing in there uh, that I find uh, really intriguing. It, it, it wouldn't turn you off if you're not a jazz fan, but if you are a jazz fan, you can hear a little bit of, uh, that, of jazz flavor in his playing which I think is a really unique uh, thing these days in rock. Right on. I, I always uh, think to myself that uh, when I watch Richie, it reminds me a lot of John Pizzarelli or Jimmy Smith, uh, the famous jazz guitarist, and it takes me back to my childhood a little bit. And I'll also say, like, I could not stop listening to Stars on repeat. I love the whole album, but that's the track that I just couldn't get over, especially when it comes to Richie's delivery. And uh, yeah, so again, give that guy a hug when you see him today, because I think he I don't know if you're a hugger, but he might need one. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I know, you know, there was a period of time and you came up in an era where you really couldn't guest on other, you know, obviously jazz cats sit in live all the time with everybody. But rock musicians, you really couldn't or even pop musicians, you really it was worked out with lawyers. You really couldn't guest on anyone else's album. So it's really cool that we live in this era of sort of a digital freedom where you can make this kind of a band that happen, and it doesn't take lawyers and it, uh, it doesn't take a lot of uh hand wringing to make you know three albums by very busy guys happen yeah that's very true it's uh things can be much easier now we don't uh you know we most of our deals are handshake deals uh between us you know we we don't we don't have a lot of paperwork there's not a lot of legal anything we're just three guys who want to play together and we do, and uh, and then that translates to the live show, which has been uh, an interesting uh, uh, thing to see. Uh, the, our, our first like six shows or so were done in theaters with a sit-down audience, and they're sitting there watching us the whole night. And the response was incredible, wonderful. But it's interesting that they're 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 watching closely. And uh, last night we had an all stand-up a sellout audience and the response, I mean, those people just roared and roared and roared. And, uh, it was, uh, it was touching. It, uh, was a uh, very emotional for me. I haven't been able to play in three years due to all the, uh, worldwide, uh, uh insanity to be on stage again and have that kind of response. Uh, I, I owe a great debt to the city of Columbus, Ohio. They were incredibly kind to us last night and they just wouldn't stop roaring uh in approval of what we did and we did a, we took a lot of uh, we did a lot of jams and stars in particular it's a long spot there where richie does his thing and uh mike and i just just hold the ground underneath him there and let him let him do what he does 
it's uh, it's quite it's quite wonderful. Right on. I came up in the in the eighties era, and I my you know my first Billy. Uh, exposure was through, you know, bass magazine and guitar player for the practicing musician and musician magazine and things like that. But, you know, at heart, you never, you know, you might be the most fantastical, incredible, innovative player like you have been. But at the same time, you're a song, you're a song maker, you're a musician, you're a songwriter. So that respect for the mutual respect that has to exist between three guys like this to pull off a project like this, you know, it's not three guys just you know, wanking all over the place. There's there's songs here uh, through all three records. So I think that's the great thing about this band. Well, again, it's supremely kind of you to say thank you very much. And uh, and we can't forget about Mike Portnoy as well. He is uh, he really does so much in the band besides play drums. I mean, he's uh, he sequenced the record. He's involved in the writing. He sings. Uh, amazing player as a given but also as a cooperative, uh, intelligent band member, knowing what's needed and wanted to put on a show and make uh, and please a room full of people uh, in the audience. He's a grandmaster at that. And uh, I never uh, forget to, to mention what a huge contributing factor he is to the band, not only as a drummer, but uh, in, in a, a dozen or more other ways. Uh, and Richie as well. Richie's been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this since the late 60s. So uh, uh, all that experience helps uh, to bring uh, the, bring everything home in the end. You know, it really, I've been through everything you could imagine in the music business and, and everything you could imagine uh, writing songs and recording records. So that, that's a big help. That experience uh, comes in very, very handy. And uh, I often like to... Uh, when I see a young band and they start talking to me, if they want some advice, I say, I'll be glad to give it to you only on one condition. I don't want anything because so many people uh, take their experience and use it to extract cash out of other, other musicians where I, I, I don't do that. I, I, but happy to give a lot of advice to a lot of other bands from my decades of, uh, of toil and trouble, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, I'm happy to give it away to my fellow musicians to help them out. Uh, I love to see bands uh, do well. And uh, if I may interject another point, the fact that the record is doing so well and it's a rock record, I mean, a rising tide uh, uh, raises all boats. Uh, that's going to help everybody. The clubs have been hurting because they, they're not doing the kind of business they did pre-pandemic. So when we're selling out a show, it helps that club and that club stays open another week for other bands to play. It helps everybody. So not only am I pleased for us that we have a successful endeavor here with this new record, but I think it's going to help uh, everybody, all the rock bands that have been uh, hurt by uh, the situation we're living in with the pandemic and such hurt economically, uh, crew guys, truck drivers, bus drivers, all that. So it's great to see rooms full of people into rock music again. And uh, I think it's going to be good for a lot of people besides us. You love to see it. I'm glad you talked about all your years of experience. Uh, I saw something crazy on Discogs that I wanted to ask you about. I think it's conservative. It said you have over 400 credits. And I think that number is probably low because I, I have a sense that even despite the last few years where there was no touring, you were still working, making records, doing sessions. That's your, your trademark. So I have to say, I think if you had to guess how many records you have been on, do you know that number? I don't. But during the pandemic, we did over 600 tracks. We did about five full records my engineer and I out of my home studio. 
for people all over the world of every genre you can imagine and some you couldn't possibly. It uh, was an amazing experience uh, to lay bass onto tracks that were from every walk of life and every style of music from death metal to country and Western to folk and jazz and classical and uh, straight up rock and uh, 80s rock. Uh, you name it, we played on everything. It was an amazing experience because, and it was also very enlightening in that I've been a bass player my whole life, but, and you know, the bass is important in a song and in composition, but we really saw it happen before our eyes where we'd get tracks where there was no bass and think, what is this? Uh, Gee, what are we even going to do? Where do we start? You know, and a lot of them from non-professional players. So we'd get to work and figure something out. And by the end of the session, it sounded like a song. I mean, it sounded good. Uh, it was amazing. And not because it was my bass playing, but because it was bass on there done properly. Again, not because of me, but just the proper bass line in a song. What a difference it made and how it brought all the elements of the song together. Bass, in many ways, being the glue that connects time with pitch. The time is the drums. Okay, we got drums, but what, what key are we in? Then you hear the bass and go, oh, I see. And then you can build chords and melodies on top of it. And when that bass is missing, the chords and melodies on top of the drums don't always seem to connect. And the bass really is the glue that does that. So that was quite enlightening. But yeah, we did a lot of tracks. We would do sometimes three, four, five a day, all week. Uh, my engineer, Scott, and I, we, 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 we had a blast doing it too. And he turned out to be just a, a godsend of an engineer, just giving me great advice as I'm laying the track down and telling me when I'm on or when I'm off. And uh, he did an amazing uh, job. Scott Bush is his name. It was incredible. So, yeah, that I, I've added to my total of, uh, of number of uh, albums I've been involved with uh, by quite a bit. And there's still a lot more. I had to put a lot on hold while I went on tour. And when I get back, there's a bunch waiting for me again. Right on. As my wonderful mother used to say, whatever you think the number is for Tony Bennett, it's low in terms of in terms of albums made. Exactly. So I knew that number was way off. Discogs, I'm looking at you. And uh, just since we wind this down, I want to give you back your travel time for tonight's show. I, I love to find, end with a wild card question, which is, you know, if you could go back in time to young Billy before Talis, before everything, and just give yourself one piece of advice for your future musical career, what would that be? Uh, start writing sooner and don't stop writing. Uh, a, a lot of times, uh, uh, I, I, I've always been a writer since I, my very, very first musical instrument. I started creating things on it, but uh, I didn't. I wish I would have known more about completing songs and doing and getting things done right at a much earlier age. I did learn in my. Uh, in my late teens and twenties, how to start doing that. Uh, but I wish I would have started out right away knowing that that is, uh, really one of the most important things are those songs. I did find out fortunately very young, but I wish it would have been even younger. You know, what would you give as advice? And I say three things, get in a band, get in a band. That's so important. Uh, and so on so many levels, working with other musicians, uh, learning, uh, co-creating, uh, picking up from them, them picking up from you. Uh, number two, get in a band with songs. The songs are, are everything. That's what's going to take you where you're going to go. You can do all the fancy playing you want, but if it's not in a song, it's going to be in a YouTube video that gets, a, yeah, maybe a, a hundreds of thousands or even millions of clicks. But 
that's not going to go anywhere other than there. That's not a bad thing. And I'm an old guy, so we have an old guy, the way of looking at it, but being in a band with songs and number three, being in a band with songs that you sing are there, that's going to take you all the way home. That's going to take you there. Run the numbers of all the bass players who are in bands with songs that you sing from Getty and Steve Harris, and Paul McCartney, and Tim Bogart, and Chris Squire, and Jack Bruce, and you, the whole line. They were all in bands with songs that people sang. Uh, it's, it's the key to success. So I would have gotten on the song bandwagon even earlier, even though I did in my late teens, early 20s, start to write. Uh, uh, just write more, uh, keep a record of everything, and uh, plow towards the future as best you can. Right on. Billy Sheehan, it has been a pleasure. Good luck on the tour. Be safe out there, and we'll see you in our city soon. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been another episode of the Ghost Quote Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostquotemag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Quote Mag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.